Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, the Lakers won a nice, comfortable game. I'm looking here at, and, and obviously I watched it as well, but I'm looking at some of the better games of the night. You have uh, LeBron going for a triple-double. You have Taylor Horton Tucker drops almost his career high, 18 points. Kyle Kuzma goes for 17 points and continues his steady play. Uh <laughs> You have uh, KCP came back and started hitting threes confidently. 14 Talk to points. me about Damian Jones. Tell me about Damian Jones night. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. So he, oh, you're getting there, for, right? He goes yeah. for eight points uh, and, and collects four rebounds, some thunderous dunks. I still don't think he's missed a shot as a Laker. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Dennis Schroeder had a pretty good game as well. Six points. <laughs> seven assists. Such a dick. <laughs> Am I missing anybody? I- oh, I don't know. <laughs> we got, uh, is it? Oh, Kaycock. We got some Devontae Kaycock uh, minutes. Mm-hmm. He goes in there for, for four points and three boards in six minutes. Unbelievable. Alonzo McKinney minutes. And uh, in, in, in while the game was uh, not quite in garbage time, that was fun to all. Oh, I, I guess I see what you're annoyed at. Wesley Matthews had... <laughs> Well played. Well played. <laughs> no. All right. We're going to start today's show with uh, with with how well Montrez Harrell played, because I have been about as loud as anybody talking about. I'm, I'm a little nervous about the not even nervous about the fit. I'm just kind of wondering if there's a better fit elsewhere out there. He heard all that stuff. He heard all of it and came out and played incredibly. So shouts to Montrezl Hill. He goes for 27 points, uh, grabs five rebounds, three steals. He, he actually picked Kelly Oubre's pocket with, at one point. Uh, a charger too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, took a couple of charges as well. Uh, shoots 11 of 14 from the field. And, and one of those misses, by the way, was a three-pointer he attempted at the end of a quarter that he thought he was going to get sent to the free throw line for. He was pretty. I you could actually see him asking the referee afterward, like, "Hey, if we weren't if we weren't up by twenty right now, would you have called that for me?" Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Harold played lights out in in a matchup. By the way, that I I, I thought was going to be another one of those games that their big, their actual natural big Wiseman comes mm-hmm. off the bench, and I thought it was going to be one of those reverse matchup kind of situations for him, mm-hmm. but. Uh, he really took it to him, man, to the point yeah, where Weisman Weisman's so not frustrated that he elbowed him in the face. Yeah, Wiseman's not good enough at this point to give Tress problems. Yeah, he's just not good enough. I think you could just end the sentence there. Like I mean, just- look, I, I'm not going to – I've, you know, with 19-year-olds, we've seen it a few yeah. times, right? Like what they are versus what they can become. I would be, like, passing on LaMelo and even – you know, uh, that one hurts. Yeah. That one, that one stings like Anthony Edwards, obviously was the number one pick. So they didn't pass on him, but mm-hmm. of the three Wiseman's been easily like, he looks fine. Like, yeah, he'll be fine. But it's, I, I just haven't seen much in the way of like young guys can have flashes where it's like, yo, check this dude out. Right. You know, and maybe they stink for 80% of the time, but I just haven't seen enough of that from Wiseman where I'm like, yo, check out this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I have not. I have, uh, I, I maybe he's just super young and he'll get it eventually, but I am, 
I'm not a fan of his game. He's also in a tough spot too, right? Because the Warriors can't quite decide: Are we rebuilding? Can you actually yeah. rebuild in in a in a st- like while Steph still has his window open? Mm-hmm. Like they they they're they, such a strange roster, such a strange yeah. team. Yeah, like they there are some games where Wiseman will get his minutes and they'll say and they'll take a loss and they'll be like, oh yeah, we was just we were going for rebuilding this time and then and then there will be other games where Wiseman doesn't play and it's like, well, how could we possibly be focused on rebuilding when we have Steph on our team? And, and it's like, <laughs> right. What do we do? Like if I, if I was a Warriors fan, I'd be going insane. I, I, yeah. They're not, they're in one of the bad spots where like, they're not really built for either. Yeah. They're not really a contender, but they're not really rebuilding. That's a a tough place to be in the NBA, especially when with the cap issues they have. It kind of reminds me of the end of Kobe's career, right? Where, where you're not going to trade Kobe, right? You're not going to trade Steph and, and, you know, vault your your rebuild that way you're not so and 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 because you're at the tail end of that kind of a window you don't have very many assets to be able to go out there and and fully equip a roster to put around Steph at this stage of his career and so like what you're just left in this limbo you know and 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 you know the the one thing I will say though is that the Lakers didn't have while Kobe was on his way out uh they didn't have the same expert. Like Kobe was, was post Achilles Kobe. I think everybody kind of knew what the story was there. You know, we kind of understood. All right. Let's just enjoy what we have with Kobe here and, and uh, see how many minute uh, how many moments we can get from that. And, and obviously fortunately went out on an incredible moment with that, with that last game against Utah was like with Steph, the expectation is still that like this is a championship level player still. But what are we doing here? And and so and I, he I, is. I, Steph's still uh, incredible. Yeah. yeah, we saw it tonight. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was arguably the best player on the court, even with LeBron going for that triple double. Like he was just LeBron was playing in a, in a different gear because the Lakers are better around him. But like there was there was you know it would have been it, I really wish the the Warriors were more up for the for the challenge and we could have gotten like a duel like that. Curry wanted it. Curry wanted sure. it, but, but it is like the, he didn't have the horses around him. Well, that kind of speaks to our depth though, because we're Absolutely. out a lot of guys right now. Right. Like yeah. we shouldn't be, yeah, you're we right. We shouldn't be blowing them out in their gym with our current roster. Yeah. Like we're better than they are still with the guys that we have out, but we're not, I don't think that much better. We played really well tonight. That was a good game. It was all right. Let's take another quick second here. or A quick second here. When we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Harold and see what you saw aside from, yeah, just go out there and make 11 of your 14 shots on a nightly basis. I want to see what you saw that made him more successful in this one. So let's uh, take a second. We'll come back and talk about that. And then as well, I want to talk about the, the KCP thing too, because he, he showed out too. And again, it's easy to just say like, yeah, yeah, I had confidence, but, but why? What's the difference here? So we'll come back and talk about those things. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, NBA, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Head on over to rockauto.com where you will visit a family business that has been doing this for over two decades now. Uh, and you are going to find the best collection of parts that you can possibly find on the internet. Uh, it is getting insane. <laughs> the, the, the more high tech these cars get, the more difficult it is to find the proper part. And that makes it all the easier for the big companies to mark up all of the parts that you might need should anything go wrong with your car. Well, rockauto.com is here to help you avoid all of those kinds of messes uh, as best you can. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil. Uh, your car needs carpet. They have that too. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to, cat to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. And most importantly, the prices you see are going to be the same for everybody, regardless of your driving background. So again, head on over to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And then write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I wish you guys could have seen Pete's face when we started the show, or not even before, like not even when we started the show, but when he signed on. Like if he could have been wearing a Montrez Herald jersey backwards, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this fucking guy is gonna talk to me about Damian Jones for like 15 minutes. Oh, you're right. I, that's the yeah. other guy I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. Plus nine, <laughs> you know, he had a, you know, he's. <laughs> so again, Harold. So I thought one of the smart things that they did in this one was it was really rare that Harold caught the ball stationary. And, and I just think like the Lakers run into this too, with Anthony Davis, by the way, where they very easily, like one of the things I was really frustrated watching them early on in this game was it was like, all right, your turn to post up, your turn to post up, your turn to post up, your turn to ISO. And I was like, Oh great. We're having one of those games. They, they, they fall into these habits of making offense as hard as possible on themselves. And I thought when Harold came in, one, I think it started because of the kind of energy he was playing with. And then two, as they recognized that he was playing with that kind of energy, they got him the ball on the move a lot more often. And that makes everybody so much more difficult to guard. And I was, I'm, I was kind of wondering while I was watching that, if you think, that was that's something that they can do even when Anthony Davis gets back. I do because we've just gone to more pick and roll the last few games. Yeah. Right. Like we've gone more treads ball screens and he's phenomenal at that. And what goes into that isn't just being a lob threat, which isn't really, um, but he's got great hands. He's phenomenal on those floaters. He can finish all of these wonderful contorting, absorbing contact type of plays. Um, but yeah, just he getting also him in rolls big. Like, do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, he, yeah. He rolls wide going to the basket and it kind of carves out this path for himself. He's, he's got a great understanding of angles. One thing on rolls uh, on, on most of the high ball screens, 
after you set the screen, you don't want to immediately roll to the basket because you yeah. kind of outrun the passing window. Mm-hmm. And so he does a good job of hanging like a step behind yeah. the, the ball handler. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That that whole lineup and and does a great job of that. Again, catches everything. If you step in front of him, he's gonna shoot that little floater over you. If you don't mm-hmm. step in front, he's gonna dunk on you. Um, and, and so that and then we've we've been running more horn sets where he's been one of the guys on the elbow. He got a, a bucket against Goga Batadze in the last game against Indiana. Uh, had that that fake handoff. And that's where his explosiveness can really come in handy, right? Like fakes a handoff, gets a dunk against Wiseman tonight. Um, And and so, yeah, just those types of he's, he's able to absorb more offensive responsibility in a way that not all of our role players can. So he's a guy that in this period of time where we have all of these injuries, he's especially important because he can have a, you know what he, he had 27 tonight. He had 17 against Indiana and was really good in that game. Eight and 11 from the field. The last game before the break, he was 13 for 22 with 26 and 12, you know, like he's, he's capable of absorbing that, offensive responsibility while still being really, really efficient. And, and I'm seeing progress on the defensive end as well, especially that Indiana game. And he was very good there tonight as well. Yeah. I mean, look for, for basically everybody here, any big that plays for the Lakers, I almost feel a little sorry for them because the guy that they are coming onto the floor for, especially defensively is like the most talented defensive Laker that we've seen maybe ever. Right. And so like anybody who walks onto the court in that kind of a situation, there's going to be a step back. It's just, and like, this is kind of my point when I talk about PJ Tucker and Damian Jones is that like be different and, and be different and show, show a different set of skills than not you're going to be different than Anthony Davis. You're like, there's no way that you're going to be Anthony Davis, but be different from Marcus all hold down different spots on the court than Anthony Davis normally would. And, and, and I just think, you know, when I watch, when I watch Montrez Harrell score with the way that the Lakers were using him before the last couple of games, where they were really focused on getting him the ball on the move, he was scoring from a lot of the same spots and a lot of the same ways as Anthony Davis, which you, you you have to vacate those spots when Davis comes back. I mean, sort of. They, there's some interchangeability because Trez can be in the dunker spot or he can be the screen guy, which is generally the two spots on offense that you'll be in. Um, and But Trez has been efficient all year. I guess my question is, like, what does Trez need to do to make you – like? I'm not asking you to be a true believer. He's an MLE guy, right? Like he's got holes in his game, but I just feel like he's held to a different standard because he's been efficient all year. He's been a, he's like a 65 plus true shooting percentage guy on 20 plus usage. Like he's super efficient. I I guess like. It's not his own efficiency that I'm nervous about. It's like, What's more important to you? Because this is the way I, I, I presented it to people on, on, the, on the podcast I recorded this morning. Um, what's more important to you? Optimizing the 36 playoff minutes that you have Anthony Davis on the floor for or the 12 that he isn't on the floor for? Of, right? of course, the 36 minutes with him on the floor. And, and I just don't know if there's a way to have Montrez Harrell on the court and and – optimize those Anthony Davis minutes. 
that's what I'm nervous about is like, cause and and by the way, like this version of PJ Tucker that we've seen so far this year also doesn't do those things because he's only shooting like 30% from three point range. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when I, so bring, you don't like the, you don't like the type of player Montrez Harrell is, is that it? It's, it's the spots on the court that he's, that he's looking to be successful from because Anthony Davis is, is unless, unless Anthony Davis shoots the way he did from three point range last year, which so far this year, he hasn't. Um, I, I just think they, they, they're going to get in each other's way a little bit too much. That's what I'm a little nervous about. And, and if the Lakers had more of a stretch big, that's why I've always kind of preferred Ibaka in this weird other, you know, hypothetical that isn't, that never could have come to fruition because Ibaka wanted to play with Kawhi anyway, but a stretch big allows Anthony Davis to hold down the offensive spots on the floor that he wants to hold down and doesn't get in the same in in the way in the same way that that Trez does that's my that's my concern there and I just don't know that I don't I don't know that that's a fix that that that's something you can fix with Harold well it's not something that we could fix now right no (laughs) and so no and so um I I think there's validity to that right that that um AD does have to have his perimeter game going. I also think that, so say Utah, say series against Utah, for example, Mm -hmm. if AD is pulling out Gobert to the perimeter, then Trez is in the dunker spot. Mm -hmm. If, or if, if against Utah, like he's, it's probably that's an AD at the five lineup, but then Trez is dominating in the middle of the game. Right. And, and that's, that's Mm -hmm. really where come playoff time. It's that those second quarter, second quarter lineups, you know, end of the first beginning of the second end of the third beginning of the fourth where it's Trez and LeBron. Right. And it's maybe it's Trez and AD, but LeBron's on, on the bench and it's Schroeder. That's actually to me, the most important lineup when AD comes back, we got some news about AD today. Right. Yep. Um, when AD does come back, those non LeBron minutes, but with AD, that's the most work we're going to have to do in that stretch after that. Right. Yeah. So I agree that there's work to be done. I just like Trez is really good at what he does. And mm-hmm. to me, it's like, if you don't want if if you're making the argument against the type of player that Trez is, I can, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but I'm like, doing. right. It's like, but Trez is good at like doing yeah. what Trez is and it's super valuable right. in this stretch with AD out. Yeah, Absolutely. That I agree with. The Lakers don't win this game without Trez. You know, they just they just flat eh, out don't. Warriors played kind of crappy. They don't win the Indiana <laughs> game. Maybe I don't know. We, we kind of took it to the. Warriors. I don't know. I that first quarter when the Lakers was just kind of trading ISO for ISO, mm-hmm. like the, they really did need the injection of eight, of of Montrez's energy into it. And for maybe sure. maybe Golden State falls off anyway. Which yeah, is they're, they're possible, but I, but I watch them sometimes, and yeah. they're so such I. a their second unit is not like that's a G league lineup when yeah. Steph. So in the first quarter, that's why I was like, yo, just hang with, with golden state in that first quarter. We're going to kill him in the second and mm-hmm. kill him at the beginning of the fourth. And that's, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, 36 to 24 in the second quarter, 35 to 24 in the, uh, in the fourth. So that'll do it. All right. Let's take another quick second here. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, the true best big on this co- on, on this team. Do you mean? Oh no, I mean, I mean, we 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 got to talk about Contavious Caldwell Pope. We gotta we <laughs> see if see what the Lakers could do to continue this kind of momentum forward for for KCP, who is 
a hugely important player to this rotation. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Blocked On Podcast Network, NBA analytics pioneer, and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan uh, to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on for a 50% deposit bonus uh, whenever you do go to betonline.ag. Today's bet of the day. I'm looking here, and I don't believe the Lakers line is quite up right now. The Lakers did just finish playing, and there are uh, some questions about who all might be available for tomorrow's game. So let's take a look, though. Oh, it is out. Look at that. Headspace gets the lines up faster than any other betting website on the market. As it stands right now, the Lakers are favored by nine points in Minnesota, second night of a back-to-back, so that gives you uh, some reason to be concerned. But if you look at Minnesota's roster, it is littered with just sadness, honestly. Uh, and, and, and so that's why I'm going to go ahead and keep this thing riding. We are on a two-game win streak here riding these Lakers. They have covered both of those spreads. Uh, obviously tonight's game a little bit more comfortably than the one before. And I think the Lakers will be able to keep this thing rolling and, and beat the Minnesota Timberwolves in, uh, at home uh, by double digits or more. So whether you want to fade me or follow me, do so at betonline.ag. They have bets for everything you might be looking for. My only request is if you are going to do any gambling, please do so responsibly. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all its bars. It feels like Ric Flair wrote that. Uh, now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is between Coconut Almond and Peanut Butter Brownie. Man, this one's tough because this, the coconut almond tastes just like an Almond Joy. But Peter Brenner Brownie is such a classic. I'm going to go coconut almond. That's what I'm going to go with here because I really like Almond Joys. And it tastes just like it. And look, these this bracket, you can go and visit it. And it's pretty ridiculous how many great flavors they have. And they all taste exactly how you think the flavor described should taste. So go to BuiltBar.com or visit Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar amongst the best tasting protein bars in the world. Can I just give like like this is a segment I've been trying to get off the ground for Locked On Lakers now for a long time, but but the funniest moment of the game, the funniest thing from the game, and I'm copying, I'm 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 stealing something from the Levertard show, right? There's their funniest thing from the sports weekend, the funniest thing from this game. If you had to choose between Kuz's airballed free throw, which by the way uh, is now even funnier because he said there was a 3.5 magnitude earthquake. And shit started rumbling, so I got scared. That's his. 
So that's uh, that's the explanation for the airballed free throw on a tech, which I had never seen before. Have you ever seen that? Not on a technical. I was thinking that too. Like you, we've all seen them, and that that shit was wide left, man. It wasn't even short. <laughs> 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 and he was great tonight and he was great and i was like he oh was no phenomenal and he that's all that phenomenal. that's all social media is gonna remember right it was, uh, <laughs> there was a there was a, a golf tournament over the weekend uh the players and there was some dude who just absolutely shanked the ball like wide right on the on the on uh the like most famous par three where it's like an island that you're hitting onto right oh uh-huh and as soon as he hits it, he just starts cackling maniacally because <laughs> everybody who's played golf knows that moment. Yeah, like everybody, for sure. like, oh my god, this is—I can't believe I just did that. And, and that was Kuz's free throw. So that's that's one option. The other option is LeBron entering the fourth quarter, needing two rebounds to get his triple double, and and how clearly he was just like. Kevin Love standing under the basket <laughs> waiting for waiting for he got it <laughs> then he committed that foul like I'm my work here is done <laughs> I was I was doing play by play with Jen uh because ESPN had a podcast going like mid mid show again and so I was <laughs> I was telling Jen I was like watch this Jen so he's LeBron has and and other people were tweeting about it too and that kind of notified me what was going on and so I told you, I was like, yeah, he needs two boards. Oh, there's one. Now watch, he's not going to leave the, the key, basically. He's going to step out of the key, step into the key, step out of the key, step into the key on, on defense and see if he can grab that other rebound. And he grabs it. And I was like, now the fun begins because I was That's like, right. how long did it take? <laughs> I, I seriously thought for a second that he was going to grab that board and grab somebody's jersey with the ball in his hands. Sure. <laughs> commit the foul there or like commit a hook or something like that just get right out of the game it was yeah, yeah it, so between those two moments which which tickled you the most oh the coos airballed free throw man like <laughs> and the explanation so, so as that was going up i don't know do you ever watch guys shoot and mm-hmm. kind of like tense up or you're like yes. oh that's money right and so coos for some reason at the free throw line coos makes me tense up and uh that one in particular, I forget who picked up the technical, but Kuz walks up to the line. I'm like, yo, we got Kuz shooting this free throw. Like, right. and I, I was looking around like THT's a good free throw shooter, but he's 20. So you don't really right. like that's a free point. Right. So like mm-hmm. the veterans are usually going to and I, I don't remember who the other guys were on the court that may have challenged Kuz for that. But I was like, that's a really weird. I'm like, I wonder how he does on this one. And so like. <laughs> It was one of those things, and I was working the game too, right? Like right. clipping some of the clips that you see on the the official. Did you count. grab that clip? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Yeah, I, I, I lit it on fire. I, I was instructed to <laughs> burn it, and yeah, it's like, uh, I can't delete that footage. <laughs> no, and so, but it, it caught enough of my attention. I was like, "Huh, who's shooting the free throw? I wonder what happens." And so, with that pretext or that, that setup of like, huh. I was cracking up and I was like, oh no, Kuz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but both were good. LeBron cracked me up too. So I, I remember it, it reminded me of, again, like the one good thing that I was, I was okay at it, basketball was shooting. And I was playing in an adult league game back in El Paso with my cousin. They picked me up for like one, one game in the playoffs or something like that. So that happened to be going on when I was there. And, so we're playing this game and I got fouled and I got sent to the free throw line and my first free throw for whatever reason, 
like the free throw I, when I shot three pointers, especially like a couple of steps back from the three point line, I would use my, my I'm left-handed. I would use my right thumb, just put a little extra distance on it. Um, and for whatever reason, I did that at the free throw line where you definitely don't have to do that. And as I released it, my cousin <laughs> goes, what the fuck? Like, like, because <laughs> I had like weird spin on it, like barely touched the rim. And yeah, my cousin just goes, what the fuck was that? What are you doing? And, and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I took the second one the right way and, and, and made it or whatever. And I watched that with Kuz and, and I just heard my cousin yelling at Kuz, what the? <laughs> so, all right. Uh, all right. So before we get out of here, I do want to give, I, I want to spend a little bit of time on KCP. And on one hand, it's very easy to just write it off as he was tired. Uh, he, because he was so tired, he had dead legs. And, and so that's already going to make his release a little bit, just, just a millisecond shorter, which matters in the NBA. Uh, and, and because his release is now just that millisecond shorter, he starts missing, which starts taking away confidence. Do you think it's just a matter of him getting his legs back under him or, or do you, do you think there's anything that the Lakers are doing to get him going all over again? No, I think it's a mix of legs and confidence, right? I think that he can, he can kind of get in his own head and that's why it wasn't that he made some shots tonight. It's the type of shots that he took that yeah. last one, that no conscious, just, let it fly from the corner. I was mm -hmm. like, yes, Kenny. Yes. That right. like shoot some ignorant ass threes right now, man. Like <laughs> just let it to fly. the corner too, by the and way sprint. Yeah. And that's the other thing, right? Is that he's so fast that even if his jumpers not falling, it's more about shot attempts on offense. Mm -hmm. Right. And then on defense, mix it up, drop down for those sandwich rebounds. Uh, he had, there was a great play where Wiseman got an offensive rebound, but brought it down just enough. And Kenny was like, yeah, give me that and stripped it right away. Like just kind of mix it up and mm -hmm. just get into those chase down those loose balls. He's doing more and more of that in, in this game. And that third quarter, especially was just great to see him taking just those KCP type shots. Cause that is a, that adds a dynamic to this team that nobody else can do. Yeah. I, I loved what I saw from that dude. Uh, I, I can just imagine. So I was trying to find a way to contextualize this because with, with, you know, with, with how poorly he was playing, the noise was getting louder and louder and louder about like, God, this guy, should this guy be in the rotation? Should he be traded and all these things? And, and I think the best way to kind of put this is it's not just as if like Damian Jones, let's say Damian Jones has been playing all of these minutes uh, for, for, uh, for all year, right? The role that he's playing right now with AD out, he's been doing that all year coming off of last year too. And he's just tired, but at least in Damian Jones's role, it's, you got the one lane that you got to run, you know, like you just, you, you, you can test at the rim, you run rim to rim. You do almost no thinking elsewhere on the court other than what you need to do as a rim protector and rim runner. Right. And now imagine being Casey, KCP, who has so much more on his plate, right? You need to be a really good perimeter defender. Tonight, he was chasing around Steph Curry. 
Uh, and, and, you know, he, you gotta be on, on offense. You gotta run through, you know, run around screens and stuff like that and read the screens, right? Like, am and I going to split it? Am I going to curl it? And I'm going to all, all, all that, that yeah, a lot like more decision-making. You, you have so much more on your plate and, and, and by the way, you're doing that for longer minutes and it also involves an immense no, uh, amount of running. And so just imagine how exhausted that dude must've been after last season and then the first half of this season mm -hmm. like there I, right. I would imagine there were not very many more tired players in the nba than kcp yeah like yeah like running is his job right yeah. and and lebron always and the team always talks about the season being a marathon and we're running back-to-back -back marathons in some yeah. respect. And nobody did more literally running. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> nobody has literally man. run more yeah. than KCP. And so with the way he played last season and into the playoffs and helping us win a title, uh, he got a lot of slack, right? And, and mm -hmm. this is the time of season where players can dip a bit. But one of the overall takeaways about this game that I was really excited about is we are playing with a sense of urgency that we lacked and we are starting to figure out how to play without AD and Mark um, mm -hmm. in a way that like, this is a really good win. This is a really good win. Um, I thought the Indiana win was, was good and that we didn't play well, but we kind of figured it out, but we looked good tonight. Now golden state can have those nights where they make teams look really good. And uh, you know, we got Minnesota tomorrow night, but that um, with Kenny in particular, him starting to turn it back up just really changes our offense in particular in a way that yeah. only he can do. And, and it's going to make Trez better at his job. It's going to make LeBron better at his job. Sure. And Trez needs all the help he can get, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I, I'm going to get out of here before you. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. Let me go. I got to edit these videos, man. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. Pete and I will be back tomorrow. I promised you guys that I was going to ask him some of the questions, the leftover questions from the mailbag. Uh, maybe we'll get to them tomorrow. The Lakers do have a game, so we'll be right back here uh, to respond to that one. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Shout out to Montrez Harrell. I actually do really like you. <laughs>